Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. And you can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Chastin Budiches is the author of I Have Something to Tell You for Young Adults, a memoir. Chastin grew up in Traverse City, Michigan. He is a teacher, advocate, and husband of former presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg. Chastin currently lives with Pete, their two children, Gus and Penelope, and their two rescue dogs, Buddy and Truman, in northern Michigan. I have something to tell you for young adults is his second book. Welcome, Chastin. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss I Have Something to Tell You for Young Adults, a memoir. Thanks for having me. Well, I read the tutorial in the book on how to pronounce your name and your whole saga with your name. (laughs) I have an odd name too, obviously. Not that yours is odd, but unconventional, whatever. I don't know. So I've always had to spell and respell and I've gotten so many different things from my... Anyway, I relate. Oh, well, we're unique. 
Yes. It's amazing. Yes. (laughs) Memorable, in fact. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So can you tell listeners, please, why you wrote this memoir? Why share your story? And what are some of the things about it that you really want to get across? Yeah, I've been working on this book for the last couple of years and did not anticipate that this book would be coming out during such a tumultuous moment in American politics. I knew I wanted to write a book that I wish I would have had when I was younger, a book I wish someone could have handed me, you know, and told me that it was going to be okay. I had that in mind. And then I became a dad during the process of writing this book. And so it sort of changed everything that I wanted to say, everything I wanted to hand down to my kids one day, but also just, you know, a generation of young chastens out there uh, who are watching their government attack their dignity and their their human rights and wondering whether or not people are going to show up for them and fight for them if we all truly belong in this country. And so I had a lot of things in mind as a parent, as a middle school teacher. I knew how important it was to have a resource like this. And then the the meaning just kept building. Uh, as I became a father and as our politics sort of ravined into the ridiculousness that it is right now with LGBTQ rights and book bans. And I knew that I really wanted to say something that would mean a lot to younger Justin. Amazing. Well, it's a great book and a great story. You have so many funny anecdotes in here about growing up. I think my favorite I mean, this sounds mean, not favorite. It was obviously not good. But when you got <laughs> whacked in the head during a theater performance, blacked out on stage. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it didn't deter you, apparently. You just kept at it for a while. It did not. It was important for me to have a lot of humor and a lot of lighthearted moments in the book because so much of my story is also heartbreaking. And there was a lot of pain that didn't need to be. There was a lot of unnecessary pain, I should say. And, you know, growing up when you think you're the only one and you think something's wrong with you and you're just trying to find your way, I didn't want the whole book to be depressing, you know, like this bad thing happened and then another bad thing happened and like eventually it was fine. There is, there's a lot of funny stuff in there too. It's a good mix. And I'm sorry that your bicycle ride did not lead to a lifelong, uh, you know, TV <laughs> career, whatever, but that's still pretty cool. <laughs> that's a fun video to bring out at a party. Oh man. I was like going to say, I should have Googled it or something. I only read about it. Is it up? It must be up somewhere for people to find. I, I don't know if I found it on the internet, but it's, it was like on a VHS tape at my oh. parents' house. <laughs> and so I, you know, recorded the television on my phone so that I can show it to other people. It's pretty funny. That's great. Oh my goodness. Going back to not the funny parts, but some of the the harder parts of growing up in where you grew up with your family and the community and, you know, feeling like what you felt inside was a sin and that it was wrong mm-hmm. and not accepted. How do you get through something like that and not let it to permeate everything forever? Like, how do you put it in a bucket and like, even just to talk about it or write about it and like, just how do you process it and all that? Well, in many different ways, some parts of the book were really hard to write. There were days when I I didn't want to think about it or didn't want to, you know, even start to go down that road to think about what I wanted to say and come back to some of those feelings. My story certainly has a happier ending though. I, you know, after I ran away from home, I got to come back home. Mm-hmm. And of all the feelings of guilt and shame, I did fall in love one day, and I, and I did get to become a dad, and I, I did you know start a career. All of these things I thought I never would have, and so it certainly makes it easier to go back and think about what that young person was going through. And you know, there's that part in the book where I talk about what I wish I could go back and tell yes. my younger self. And certainly, a lot of that trauma is made lighter because 
I am loved because I do have a community because I do have people remind me that I am worthy of love and acceptance. And, you know, those things certainly wouldn't be as easy to carry around with you if you, if you didn't have that. And so part of the privilege of being in this role is to be able to process those thoughts and those experiences and turn around and share them with another generation in hopes of inspiring them not to make things as you know heavier than they need to be, mm-hmm. uh, to believe in a brighter future, to believe in a more inclusive America and to see the goodness in all people. You know, I grew up thinking that I had to be one very specific way. Mm-hmm. And I hate that young people still believe that they have to achieve the standards of other people or or meet the opinions of other people or that they are defined by the opinions of of their peers or their surroundings. And this book is a way to say, you are not, mm-hmm. you know, even if you might think you're the only one that feels different or, you know, this book is a reminder that you don't have to care so much about what other people think. And that I wish I would have allowed myself to love myself much earlier, embrace all the things that make me quirky or different or unique and creative and lean into all of those abilities because they wound up being talents. Mm-hmm. And I wish I wouldn't have been so ashamed of them or scared of them because other people didn't like them. Yeah, you actually, I had dog-eared that passage of your book along with others because, and of course you frame all of your advice with like a page of funny banter, (laughs) (laughs) which I love, but there were two parts that were particularly good. I thought it said, it might seem impossible right now, but there will come a day when you will stop caring about what all these kids think about you. And that secret, you're doing your very best to hide will one day be the thing that helps you make a tremendous impact in the world. In fact, once you embrace that secret, you're going to fall in love both with yourself and with someone else. Oh, gross, younger me says. (laughs) I know, I laugh. (laughs) A few times, actually. And you're going to get your heart broken into a million little pieces, and that's just fine because you'll pick yourself up, glue your heart back together, and be better for it. And then you'll go do impressive things that mean so much to so many people, and you really do meet a prince. Okay, now I know you're not real. Well, he's technically a mayor, but stick with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're so funny. That's awesome. (laughs) I always Um, think about when people ask you that question a lot, like, what would you say if you could go back and tell your younger self something? And I I always laugh because I feel like young Chasman, you know, that whole premise of that chapter is like, am I a ghost? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) is it a premonition? Uh, And I feel like young Chasman would like not believe it at all. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like the crazy thing about life, right? We never do get to go back and reassure ourselves at a younger age. And I'm sure there are things we would love to know now that our yeah. older selves would be able to tell us, but oh well, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> my hope was like, you know, I taught eighth grade. I kind of know what my audience is here. And I know that teenagers don't like to be BS, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I wanted to pepper in like the appropriate amount of humor, but also acknowledge that like, Nobody likes to be lectured, especially teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't want to write like a self-help book that's like, everything will work out just fine. Like I wanted to sit in some of that, some of that heartbreak too, and and process some of that trauma with young people and in hopes that they wouldn't, you know, have to go through so much of it themselves, but also to just to acknowledge that like, yeah, you know what, sometimes it sucks and, and it's really hard, but we're better off for it. Well, you also had experiences that didn't exactly help your feeling other than by like living in Germany, for example, and being actually different in other ways from the majority of the population, everybody you were with at the time and um, taking me back more to that time of your life and how you sort of navigated all of that. 
Oh, going to Germany? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Germany was my escape. You know, this this scholarship popped up, the Congress Bundestag Youth Exchange Program, where it's a joint scholarship between the American and German governments. And my high school German teacher one day was telling everyone about this this program. Is like all the kids are like shoving their backpacks full and the bells ringing and they're all like leaving the classroom. And I felt like I was the only one that heard what she was saying. It's like free ticket, free golden ticket, like come grab it. You know, and everyone's like <laughs> rushing out the door. And I was like, hold up. So you're saying that I can go study in Germany for free? It's, you know, I knew my family, we didn't have a ton of money and they definitely couldn't afford an exchange year. And I knew that would be a big sell to them. So as I talk about in the book, you know, I forged my dad's signature on the application. It was like my first big act of rebellion. Yeah. And <laughs> and then, you know, obviously it wound up getting it and got their permission to go. And and I it wasn't so much that I was interested in going to Germany. It was just like I needed to get out. Like yeah. I just needed to get out of northern Michigan. And this was the way. And so I was thrown into a different culture. I had host families who didn't really speak much English. I had four years of German in America, but you know, nothing compared to ready to go conversational German on day one. But then I, you know, I picked up the language. And a host family who like went swimming naked. What the heck? I would be like, okay. All right. Amazing. Yeah. Right from the beginning, they're like, it's like fry corporate like free body culture. There's like, you know, it's not a big deal. Like you just go swimming and you go about your day. And and so there were all these funny little cultural anecdotes that I was shocked about. But the, the best part about it was that I started to meet friends who didn't care that I was gay. Mm-hmm. I was able to come out to a friend. And once I did, I, I felt like I was able to just live this double life. Like my mm-hmm. family back home in America had no idea that I was, you know, coming out of the closet and feeling stronger and more confident and, you know, more alive. And then as soon as all of those changes started happening... It's time to get back on an airplane and go back home and graduate high school. And and I and I basically went back into the closet. And Germany, you know, had I not had that year, I don't know what it would have been like for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the school was fine. <laughs> the travel was incredible. I mean, you take this kid out of northern Michigan who had never seen all of these beautiful, incredible things. And I was just amazed by everything. Just an entire world out there that showed me like it can be a different way. And you can make friends and you can be yourself and you can, you know, you don't have to be defined by that little town back in Michigan. Yep. That and Will and Grace. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was everything you needed. (laughs) Exactly. Will and Grace. It was like trauma and therapy at the same time. (laughs) I loved, I loved it. I was so afraid that if I laughed, my family would like know that I was gay. (laughs) Um, And it certainly felt like, you know, you could be gay in New York, but you couldn't be gay in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, something that people on TV could have, but not this like farm kid in Northern Michigan. So. <laughs> I appreciated all the photos of farm animals in the back. I was not <laughs> expecting this. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Oh, look at this. <laughs> I feel like people who've gotten to know me do not expect to see little Justin yeah. know, with <laughs> goats and cows. <laughs> oh, that's good. Always nice to have unexpected things popping up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And then, of course, you end up on the presidential campaign trail, which is not necessarily how conversations like this typically go, because yeah. what are the odds? How was that? What was the most surprising or what was something that, you know, do you shake your head and laugh at even now or something that cracks you up or the whole experience? I mean, obviously, you can't yeah. that, but... I mean, I still struggle with imposter syndrome every now and then. Like, am I truly worthy of this platform? Why is it me? Like, how mm-hmm. did it become me? And the presidential campaign trail was a whirlwind. And at the beginning of it, I thought, there's no way that I can fill these shoes. And, you know, you look at people like Jackie Kennedy and, you know, Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton, and you think about all of these powerful political spouses. And at that time in my life, I, I was like, I feel like I just started my career, you know, saddled with student debt, like really, really rocky start through college had, you know, come into my being as a gay man with, and got there with like all this baggage and trauma, you know, and felt like my life was just beginning with Peter. And, and then we're out there and I'm so embarrassed by all these things, because like, if you're successful, then you wouldn't have, you know, been a victim of sexual assault. If you're successful, you wouldn't have, you know, a mountain of student debt. If you're, you know, a successful person, these are obviously air quotes, then you wouldn't have this you know, rocky past of having your heart broken and, you know, keeping three jobs to stay afloat. And I quickly realized the more I talked about those things, the more people resonated, Mm -hmm. you know, the more the campaign resonated, the more people felt a connection with you. And so I just opened up about it all because I think at the end of the day, we all just want to be seen and understood and feel like we actually belong and someone gets us. Mm -hmm. And so I started having these incredible roundtables with teachers and LGBTQ youth and their parents and just talking with people. And of course you come in and you're, you know, the spouse of the presidential candidate and they're a little intimidated and I'm a little intimidated because I'm there, you know, and I'm (laughs) trying to figure out what to do and who to be. And there's no playbook for that. And it helped me see that, you know, maybe I'm not in the classroom now, but I'm sort of in the national classroom. I get to be a teacher for a lot more people. And I had inspiring conversations with parents who are still struggling to figure out how to support their kid and 
you know, teachers who are trying to figure it all out. And I realized like, I don't have to go out there and pretend to be anybody. I can just go be myself. You know, I can just go talk to people normally and I don't have to be this like prince or princess figure. And that was the, that was the best part about it was just bringing the visibility to issues and into communities. Pete and I basically spent the year, year and a half apart. I mean, we were like ping pong balling all over the, you know, or pin pong, <laughs> pin pong balling all over the country. And I got to go to some really cool communities, meet some really great people and learned a lot about myself too. Especially, you know, that in order to tell this story, I, I had to embrace it, which is, you know, what, what led me to writing the YA book. Is that all of these things don't define you. Um, they've just helped shape you into who you are today. I love that. And then you also had the introduction of kids. <laughs> Talk about, is there somebody awake? <laughs> buddy, 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 the puggle is awake and he's oh, okay. probably barking at a mailman or something. <laughs> How, you know, you said you thought you would never end up being a dad. And now of course you are. And what is that yeah. like? I have four kids. I can relate to new parenthood very well and all of that. <laughs> it's chaos and it's everything I've wanted it to be and more. It's messy. It's sticky. I cry every time. I feel like I cry every time I talk about my kids. Like I, I love them so much. I miss them every day when they're in daycare. I feel like I finally reached a thing in life that I knew I was meant to do. Like I wanted to be a teacher and I was a really good teacher, but it never felt like it was like the thing I was like put on this earth to do, you know, writing a book, helping my husband run for president. They were all things that I did and appreciated and succeeded at. And then I became a dad and I was like, oh my God, this is what I meant to do. And all of these other things prepared me for this, you know, teaching middle school definitely prepared me for being a father of twin toddlers. Every time I get lost in the chaos of life and the silliness of politics, I, I try to be really present with my kids mm -hmm. because they remind me of what I'm here for. And they are such good reminders of what matters in this world. You know, some mean-spirited, homophobic thing on Fox News doesn't get to come to the dinner table, you know, because you put your, you turn your phone off and you look around and your kids are just sitting there trying to eat their mac and cheese and drink their milk. And you focus on that, like, this is the good thing. This is why you're here. And this is all that matters. The opinions mm -hmm. of, the, you know, those other people don't matter. It's showing up for your kids every single day. And I, I just, I love it so much. They they also have an incredible way. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but... No, keep going. <laughs> they have such an incredible way of showing you all of the tiny, beautiful things in the world that you stopped noticing, mm -hmm. like birds. Gus is obsessed with birds. And you start to realize how many birds are around you because he points out all of them. Mm -hmm. And the magic of a bus or a truck... You know, Gus waves at everybody. It's incredible. It's like Gus on parade every time we're like walking through the neighborhood. He says, hi, hi, hi. Like we walk past the firehouse and he says, hi, truck. You know, and it's like, look at how happy he is just like taking in the world. You know, hi, bird. Hi, bird. Hi, truck. And then I start, I just like sit in that and stop thinking so much about like, you know, the world being on fire. We have to tackle that too. And we're taking that on too. But I try to be so present with them because they just have a way of reminding me all of all that is good. And there's nothing like reading a book with Penelope. It's just this cute little thing. Do you ever, kids ever do this where they like go pick a book 
and then they like back up into your lap. Yes. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. She like, gets the book, backs up into my lap, plop. We look at two pages and then she like rolls off my lap, takes it back to the bookshelf, gets another yeah. one. And it's like, this is the best thing. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Now my kids are so big. They're like, you know, squashing me, some of them. But <laughs> I, I did survive having twin toddlers as well. And you know, it does get easier. I know everybody says that, but um, yeah, I was complaining about how busy I was or something, or I was thinking about how I thought I was so crazed when I had kids and they were like, oh, imagine that, but now you're really busy. And I'm like, no, I was way, like I was way busier and more stressed out and crazy because when you're chasing people down and to worried someone's going to, there's also like the fear of all times, like this staircase, like everything is also a threat. It's like someone high alert, Quant- yeah. Oh my gosh. Now at least I'm, you know, it's manageable. I don't, it's not such you a You really do job. wear your heart on like the outside of your chest all the oh, time. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. so in love and just absolutely terrified all the time. Yeah. What can go wrong? You know, now my fear is like, I can't let anything happen to me. Not because I care about me. You know what I mean? Like I can't let them not have me around. Yes. So that's yeah. like my other thing that I'm always like, I'm on a plane and I'm like, you can't do this to that. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like, maybe I I never be. thought about that stuff ever. And I'm yeah, like... It's terrible. Ugh. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to do more books? What do you think? How, how else are you going to continue sort of nurturing your platform, helping people? You've done so much already. What's in the cards for you next in this? Yeah, I started working on a kid's book. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I'll focus on this one for now. But it is a very fun little noodle in the back of my head that... I've slowly been working on these characters and because it's also a book I want to read with my kids, you know, a book that features two dads and the book's not about having two dads. It's just a family doing their thing. Mm -hmm. The kids get into trouble and there's great lessons and, you know, just like playing around with all these storylines, but I have tons of books. So grateful for all these books that our friends and our family, you know, give us and very few of them look like my family. So that's really important to me. And and I'm thinking about all of the things that I want them to see right now because I can't mm-hmm. read this book for, you know, another 10 years or so. So I want to develop that a little further. I've got, I'm sure, you know, my publicist is listening to this, but like, oh my God, focus on this one. But uh, <laughs> it's really fun. It's re- I like to, you know, I was a theater kid and I love noodling with stories and that's a fun daydream. Like what book would I want Penelope to go get off the shelf and back up into my, my lap with. So yeah, we'll see. Well, if all else fails, you have a fabulous voice. So you should be <laughs> like, you should do like a side hustle as like a voiceover actor, just like sneak in. And I don't oh, know saying you have like the best voice. I feel like it's so calming too. So I bet your kids like eat that up, which is great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I did the audio book for this one. It, it was important for me that it be my voice, but it's also like, what a demanding job. It's very yeah. annoying. <laughs> yeah, all the like, stopping and starting. And, yeah. yeah, stop, start, stop, start. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> I've done a couple audiobooks. And after the first one, I was like, wait a minute, maybe this should be my job. Maybe I should just do this. Like, yeah. just read all day, read great books. Like, this is pretty great that you could get paid for this. So I don't know. It's also incredibly invasive when they're like, oh, you guys start over. heard your stomach growl. Like, yeah. <laughs> did you? Like every time you're like, and then you'll feel it. You're like, did they hear that one? You know, you're, it's, very, it's a very intimate process. Yes. I was totally like crying, like through something. And they're like, beep. Like, okay. Sorry. Can you just take that from like, yeah. and I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it again. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's very, I, I was crying through that whole part about coming out to my grandma and I had to Aww. keep starting over. And eventually I feel like they were like, okay, get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Take 50, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. Thanks for helping so many people with all the things you do and your book. I have something to tell you. So thank you so much. It was great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.